Hello and welcome to Failing Up. Thank you, Jungle Jim, for that wonderful, wonderful musical introduction. I'll tell you, he just sets the entire tone for the entire podcast. Jungle Jim, a magician, a magician with computerized music. What a guy, what a guy. Great musician in his own right, too, when he's not um, dabbling in the introduction and the uh, outro of Failing Up. This is Tim Marr broadcasting on the shores of the Seneca River leading up to the mighty Lake Ontario. Oh, that's right, right up into the St. Lawrence Seaway out to the Atlantic Ocean, shooting all across the world. And of course, if you make a left, you're gonna find yourself right in the beautiful city of Toronto. Oh my God, what a wonderful city Toronto is. And if you make a, a go a little south, you're gonna find yourself right into Buffalo, New York. And they are celebrating in Buffalo, New York. The Buffalo Bills are on a great run this year. They had a huge victory. I'm recording this podcast on Monday, October 11th, and they had a huge victory yesterday, uh, really uh, overwhelming and stopping the Kansas City Chiefs, the defending AFC champions. So the Bills are, are the real deal. I mean, uh, great team, wonderful quarterback, uh, exciting, exciting to have the Bills back. Uh, up on top, even though I am a Packers fan. It's great to have the Bills right back in the thick of things. I just love football season. I think it's a great time of year. Uh, it's a fun sport. It's autumn and the crisp leaves and all the things that go along with autumn. I think football is a, a fun sport to watch. I really still with college football. It's a, a great, great sport to watch. But, you know, it's um, here we are, you know, approaching the middle of October. October already. Oh my goodness gracious, the middle of October. And it's hard to believe a year ago at this time, we did not have an approved vaccine. And now we have three approved vaccines and um, individuals who don't want to take them, which I just can't figure that out. But uh, that's for another day. Um, a year ago at this time, we were gearing into the, the final weeks of a presidential election, a contentious presidential election filled with all kinds of uh, rhetoric. Um, probably, I don't know if it was this week or before this week, but we had a, a presidential debate that was unlike any other debate, recorded debate on television in history. And that was when uh, Joe Biden and Donald Trump went at it, and they were actually, um, I believe in that debate, Joe Biden actually told Donald Trump to shut up, and it was just a screaming match. Uh, really, uh, a debate like you've never seen before, and I hope to God we never see again. But uh, but we had a new president elected. We has, had an insurrection, an attack on the White House, an attempt to overthrow our democracy. And and now here we are back with all the spin going on, um, still talking about the, the the election and some of the fake new – just don't want to say that word – but just the election and some of the uh, – you know, the false uh, rhetoric around the steel. But I'm not here to get into that today. But it's it's still, you know, it's still it's still sizzling and it's still, um, you know, uh, molding, and a molding hot lava. And it's just not going away. And it's an a incredible time in, in the history of our country and the history of the world, for that matter. And you turn on the news, you know, or you listen to the news or, you you know, you go to the Internet and watch the news and, uh, there's so many. So first of all, there's a million ways to get the news now. To 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 um, to get your news, you know, online. You can do traditional television. There's radio. There's just all kinds of ways. You know, uh, Siri. You can use Google. You can use your your home device, Amazon's. But there's just so many ways to get the news now. And one thing with the news 
now is it's very hard to just get the news. It's really challenging to find a place where you can just get the news, where an individual is giving you the daily news, the activities of the day, the activities of what, what occurred in the in lo, regionally, in your local region, what occurred uh, nationally, and what occurred uh, internationally throughout that day. What, what happened? Because that's really what the news is. The news is what happened. And then leave the rest up to those individuals that are digesting the news to, um, to react to it, to react to it in any way that uh, it impacts them. But, you know, just giving the news, taking, taking the facts, and making sure they're factual, fact-checking them, and taking those facts and then relaying them out to uh, individuals in, in, in the world and the communities that listen and, and presenting the news. And that's been done for thousands and thousands and thousands of years, you know, whether it was the town crier and once the town crier who presented the news in the town square or whether it was somebody riding a horse going from town to town or uh, eventually when um, the printing press was invented, there was newspapers, the daily paper, the daily reporting of the news. Now there's always been some commentary written up, but there's always been that opportunity to just get news. And it used to be, you know, I grew up during a very controversial time, right during the, you know, the Vietnam War and civil rights protests, and, and still the news was the news. The, the news. the news took care of itself. Seeing images on television, hearing the reporting of what was occurring on television, um, it was the news that drove the reactions. It was the news that drove the reaction, not commentaries, not talking heads, not people debating around tables, not people trying to get ratings by, by fabrication. Normally it was one person sitting behind a desk reading you the news and then you'd, they, uh, they would take you where the stories were and they would have video packages. Um, for the most part early on it was men and then uh, I believe Barbara Walters uh, broke that. Uh, it was the first one to break through the ceiling. Uh, uh, co-anchoring the news, I believe, with Harry Reasoner on ABC. I don't think they got along, to be honest with you. But um, that's how you got the news. And news anchors were these reliable individuals who every night, um, 6.30 to 7, every night, you turned on and there was the anchor sitting behind the desk. And there was no anchor, no anchor that rivaled Walter Cronkite. Walter Cronkite was the face and the voice of reassurance. Walter Cronkite was um, the nation's storyteller. And there was a comfort having him present the news. He was steady, he was stable. There was no, there was no commentary. There were no arguing debates with individuals on, um, on the set. There was Walter sitting there giving you the facts of the day, sending you out to reporters, sending you over to, well, Vietnam or or where, where the riots were, or whatever the news, or to outer space. It was Walter Cronkite that would that would be there when the astronauts went into space. It was Walter Cronkite that was there reporting daily on the Vietnam War. It was Walter Cronkite that interrupted to let us know that the President of the United States had been assassinated. Um, so, But it was a steady voice, and there was no controversy around Walter. Now, Walter Cronkite did go to Vietnam on a a visit at one point and came back and did show uh, what he saw in Vietnam and it was the first time he 
he voiced against the war when he found out that what was being portrayed over there uh, was not accurate to actually what was happening. But Walter Cronkite was not was not somebody who um, played to the camera in a way that he would um, perpetuate lies. He would uh, seek to have candidates or presidents come on and promote their jargon, promote their rhetoric, promote their storytelling for his own gain. He did not do it for his own gain. There was a lot of integrity around the news at that time. No matter what source you go to today, you know, CNN, Fox, uh, um, Wall Street Journal, New York Times, Washington Post, uh, and Esquire, is Esquire, not Esquire, uh, the Inquirer. The Inqu is the Inquirer still in existence? Because Inquiring Mind, I have an Inquiring Mind. I want to know, is the Inquirer still in existence? Hmm. Because really, Fox News and some of the other news is really just the Inquirer. You know, these... These individuals get on there and they'll, they'll feed out whatever they can simply to keep the ratings going. But they're they're not telling you the news. They're just it's just obnoxious noise. And uh, but their ratings. I mean, Fox News's ratings are right through the roof because the people feed it up. But there's it's not the same as having this news individual sit behind the desk and um, just present the news and. Of course, back in those days, you had three networks, you had three newscasts, you did not have 24-hour news, and from 6.30 to 7, you got the news, and, and it was adjusted per timelines. And, and then um, if, if there was a news bulletin, if something really big happened, they interrupted the program. If, an inter if a program got interrupted for, for something, you knew it was pretty serious and pretty scary. I remember when uh, they interrupted the regularly scheduled program uh, to announce the assassination of Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. and that was, you know, still stays with me to this day how um, you know how that announcement uh, came in. But in any event, uh, but the news was news. It was something that you you know, in the purest sense of the word, it was what's going on. Here's what's going on today. Here's what's going on, and here's here's what's happening. And you take what's happening, and you decide if you like what's happening. And if you don't like what's happening, do something about it. You know, change your vote, uh, go protest, uh, write a letter, sit on your ass and do nothing. But if you like, if you don't like what's happening, do something about it. And um, uh, but it's up to you. It's up to you to absorb the news and do something about it. Not have these people jack you up on, on the air. And that was with Walter Cronkite. And every night you turned him on, and there was Walter Cronkite. There was no. 24-hour news channels just feeding you, feeding you, feeding you. you know, sometimes it's too much information. And um, there was a comfort in that. You know, it fit into play. And a lot of wild things were going on with just the news coming at you. The civil rights protests were at their peak. Uh, assassinations of a president. Um, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., civil rights leader. Bobby Kennedy, um, uh, we landed on the moon. We landed on the moon. You know, can you believe it? Uh, not not just having some bazillionaire shooting up into into the uh, cusp of space for four minutes so they could bounce around in a large phallic spaceship, but we landed on the moon for God's sakes with three networks, and Walter Cronkite was there, and he was there when they shot off for the for the moon, and um, he was there for 
the you know the resignation of a pre all this president, all these major major events, and what did we do? We got the news. We didn't get all the other stuff. We didn't get all the experts around tables, and we didn't get the screaming and the shouting and uh, people telling us you know uh, what what to think. You know, they didn't tell you what to think. When Walter Cronkite presented the news, he didn't sit there and tell you what to think. He wasn't trying to persuade you, except for that one time when he went to Vietnam. He wasn't, he, and even then, he was just making a country aware of what was happening, which is the responsibility of any journalist. That's the other difference, too. Walter Cronkite and most of those news uh, broadcasters in that era were journalists first. Walter Cronkite worked for the um, UPI as a writer. Um, a lot of them came from radio during World War II. A lot of them came from the written word to the broadcasted word. And that, that, that's what made it different. They weren't, they weren't looking to get on television per se. They were, they were interested in not being part of the story. They weren't interested in being uh, celebrities. They were interested in the news. They were addicted to the news. They had a passion for making sure that individuals understood and were aware of what was occurring, good, bad, or indifferent. And then again, it was presented, react the way you want, you know, whatever it, you know, however it was, it was a time where there was no less news back then than there is now. The only difference now is the news, people who give us the news are part of the news. They've crossed that, they've broken the fourth wall, as we say in improv or acting, you know, the wall between the audience and the actor, the fourth wall. Sometimes you break the fourth wall for effect. But sometimes you don't want to break that wall um, because it breaks the illusion. And uh, but but news anchors, reporters, or, or people on the TV television doing the news now—they're part of the news. They're part of the story in, in many ways. They become part of the story, not just giving us the news. It used to be able to give me the news. Um, and, and, and it's caused, I believe, you know, the, obviously we're a country vastly divided. We're a country, uh, I believe, in a very precarious place right now. And then you have these uh, people on television, I want to refer to some of them as journalists, just on television, just, you know, regurgitating, just regurgitating uh, uh, fabrications to uh, get people all excited so they'll watch them regurgitate uh, fabrications and tell people how to think, tell people how to get, you know, what to do, what to think, instead of just giving them the news. And um, it's very dangerous. It's, it's very dangerous um, in that many individuals who grew up watching television, many in that demographic, or some individuals just believe if it's on TV, it's got to be true. That's enough. If it's on TV, it's true. And that's what these people bank on. That's what these uh, television personalities bank on. You know, they say, if I'm on television and I say it, they're going to think it's true. That's what the President Trump, that's what Donald Trump banks on. I'm the President of the United States. I'm Donald Trump. If I say it, it's true. There's no reason to question it. It's true. And um, that holds true for the news, or what we call the news, and uh, mixes it all up. But So there, there comes a time where I think... Um, uh, my goodness, I've just lost my entire... Some, there comes a time 
where we have to just want to get the news that's coming our way and not and not have all this other noise you know coming towards us and there's got to come a time where where individuals the, the audience us the recipients demand quality demand quality over quantity and it's not just filling time but they're uh you know great they're, they're accurate stories um you know, uh, I had a privilege. I when I first my first job, my first one of my first jobs as a teleprompter operator on the six and eleven o'clock news at the local television station here in Syracuse. And so every night, I uh, you know I was reading the script along with the anchor on the six and eleven o'clock news. So I really had an opportunity to um, at that time it was in the early eighties really appreciate uh, news writing and, and the anchors at that time again were were more about reporting the news and less about commentating. So it, it was it was much cleaner, much crisper back then. But um, and we would go to I forgot it was an NBC affiliate, so I forgot who we cut to back at John. Uh, I forgot his name. Who we would cut to back in the um, for the network at seven o'clock or at um, six thirty? We cut to the network. But there was Walter Cronkite, then Dan Rather, then Walter Cronkite. So I think it's it's uh, it would be refreshing to get that back. And I guess the message is is that you know take time to absorb it, but 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 don't let it persuade you. Take time to absorb it. Speaking of absorbing, I hear Jungle Jim coming in and and playing that wonderful music, which is time for me to get out of here. This is Tim Marr. This is failing up. Have a great, great day. Bye-bye.